Welcome to the Empowering Her podcast. I'm Melody Pormorati and have I got an amazing guest for you today. A New York Times critics pick and Emmy nominee, composer, producer, arranger, Ruth Mendelson has been writing award-winning scores for documentaries, HBO, National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Disney, Animal Planet, The Learning Channel, A&E, PBS, CBS, and NBC, among others, as well as creating innovative multimedia surroundscapes for over 25 years. Ruth is a keynote speaker, music director, and author. Her novel, The Water Tree Way, is quickly becoming a favorite for children of all ages around the world. An active humanitarian dedicated to education, Ruth was the first woman at Berklee School of Music in Boston to teach in the film scoring department, where she designs and teaches master classes in documentary and dramatic scoring. Her deepest commitment is to be of service and assist in bringing love, compassion, and positive change to society via a wide range of creative projects and programs. This was truly such a beautiful conversation that I had the opportunity of having with Ruth. My heart is literally exploding. She she gives so much Uh, insights and wisdom in terms of going after the thing that is on your heart unapologetically and really facing the fear, doing the thing, doing the thing um, and knowing that if you are fearing it, it's very possible that it's moving you in the direction of your soul. Uh, Something that came up that we were talking about was how giving the gift of a book is truly one of the greatest gifts that you can give. And this book is for really people of all ages, the water tree way. So if you get an opportunity, if you're looking for a book to give to uh, someone you love, make it this book, the water tree way. Without further ado, here is our interview. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Empowering Her podcast. I am super stoked today because I have Ruth Mendelson with us. And my goodness, you have quite a a resume of incredible things that you have done, Ruth. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I am so grateful and excited to be here myself. So I and hey, everybody out there. Hope you're well. Oh my God, everyone is going to love everything that you have to share today. And I always kick off the episode with a question because the work that we do here at Girl Life is all about empowering, inspiring, uplifting our next generation. And we learn this really sad stat that a girl self-confidence peaks at age nine, which just breaks our heart. And so we are in the business of changing this statistic. But the question I would love to ask you is what would you say to your nine-year-old self, Ruth? Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for the intention of your podcast, because it's so important. It is so beyond needed, especially now. What I would say to my nine-year-old self is it's just really simple. You are awesome. Mm. You're awesome. Yeah. And the world needs you. Yeah. So just go for it. Amazing. Did that, that's the main... know that? Like, did you know that at nine, that you were awesome? I think a part of me did. Um, I think things, things got, things became more questionable when I've entered my teens. Right. You know, that one. 
Yeah. But um, in the single digit era, no, I was really uh, very much in my body, loved athletics, loved uh, challenging the boys. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, that. I never, I never allowed, <clears throat> never occurred to me to take on a societal paradigm of girls somehow being lesser, you know, that, that just never occurred to me as a kid. I love that. It didn't occur to you like didn't occur to me. with socialization and media and everything as it is. And as it was when you and I were growing up, it's like, yeah. it's amazing to me that it didn't occur to you how did like what do you attribute that to i i think i was just born with a particular resilience as a kid um i can't attribute it to anything other than it was a blessing <laughs> i would say you know um because it wasn't anything that i was aware of doing i was just being and i think that that's actually the point when we're in a when we have the freedom to just be Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that immediately will eclipse any hypnosis of a culture. Right, right. And I, so the, you, you know what I mean? So the goal is just to get back to that freedom of just being that, you know, there's worth just in being, you don't have to do anything, look like anything, say anything in particular to be important. And, you know, so innately as a kid, I think children innately like come in, come in that way you know, uh, society can uh, uh, be damaging the, the, you know, in terms of the messaging in society. It can also be encouraging depending on what angle, you know, we, we go with. Sure. Um, but I think at nine years old for me, I was really very still, very much still innately myself. Mm. That's beautiful. And, and truly yeah. one of your superpowers, right? To know how to be in a world that is constantly giving us messages of hustle culture and do this and do that and try this yeah, and yeah. try that. So um, you said that yeah. for you in your teens, it was when it might have occurred to you more, you know, but, yeah. but I love yeah. that, you know, we all go through this process, right? We go through, like you said, when we're young, um, we are innately us. And then as we get yeah. old, things change a little bit, but the goal is always to come back home, right? To come back home, to unlearn what needs to be unlearned, relearn what needs to be relearned and just be. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I would also like to say is as I am, let's just say maturing, you know, in years, what I've, what I've been experiencing is that it's actually a return to that place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went through a phase of the, the kind of, uh, I would say confusion that's really common for a lot of girls um, and wanting to fit in and all that kind of stuff and all the stress and all the, you know, everything that that can mean. But as I'm, you know, as I get older, all of that falls off. Mm. I love that. I love you that. Know, so, I find the same thing. Right? And and so, you know, getting older gets a really bad rap is incredibly underrated, you know, because another thing about society is like there's this whole like, you know, you have to look a certain like youth, 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 right? Which is, you know, I mean, there's vitality in youth. Who doesn't want that? Sure. But there's also wisdom in getting older. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. You know, so um my experience of getting older, it's, 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 it's growing back into self. 
Version. in a way, but but now tempered with the wisdom of having lived a little while. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things when I was younger that used to really bother me that I don't even care about anymore now. Right, right. I'm not going to waste my time on it. I'm so with you. I'm so with you. I, I feel the same way. It's like that, that wisdom that comes in that comfort and that peace, like there's such a peace. Yes. So thank you yes. for sharing that. Great. Yeah. Like sparked a great conversation that I feel like I could take in so many different angles, but mm -hmm. I want to highlight the incredible work that you are doing, Ruth. You're an award-winning film composer. You're creating pieces for people like Dr. Jane Goodall, how cool is that? Can we just like acknowledge how cool that is? Let's Dr. Jane is a, is, <laughs> it, it's a, Dr. Jane is one, is, is a very dear friend. It's amazing. And she's, she's one of the most sincere people I know on the planet. And we've been friends for decades now. So um, it's amazing to be working with her now. Like, That's so and, beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. How, how did the career begin? How did this beautiful career of yours start? Um, wow, that's okay. That, this is, <laughs> I'll try to condense was, it. Like, where was the spark? I always wanted to be a musician. I always, I remember the first day I saw an, an instrument. I was three. Wow. And it was, I was over at my neighbor, Jeff Lakin's house. And we were, we, we snuck into Ronnie's room, his older brother. Ronnie was seven. So when you're three, you know, seven is like, you know, a big deal, right? <laughs> you know, so we snuck into Ronnie's room and there was a guitar on the top shelf of his closet. And I'm like, what is that? Like, I remember that day, like, it's still very, very clear. It was a moment, you know, in life, there are moments that are life-changing. That was one of them. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, that was a start right then. I used to trade matchbox cars that I used to collect for time playing Ronnie's guitar. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. And I would just sit on their front steps and just figure stuff out with completely wrong fingerings and da da da. And that that's how I got started. But I always loved music. That's amazing. Um, and then I and I was completely self taught. Right. Um, right. Eventually, I started being offered studio work. And I couldn't read music. And that was really uh, humiliating that I would be given a sheet of paper and I didn't know what to do with it. Right. And so that 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 was the incentive. I would say that a lot of my life and a lot of my career <clears throat> development and and you know to this day involved walking directly into fear. Mm, that is beautiful. You know, because none of it felt easy or doable at the time, but I wanted to. to but I loved it. So the love won over. The fear. Yeah. You know? And it sounds like like the fear and the passion were kind of in the same direction, right? Right. I mean, what I've learned is that there's sometimes fear is an indicator. Sometimes it depends. There are different kinds of fear. There's cautionary fear, like stay away from this, like don't put your hand on a hot stove kind of fear, that kind of thing. Right. But there's also um, growth fear. Mm -hmm which is different yeah you know that fear that says i don't think i'm really good enough to do this i don't think i can do this what that that kind of fear is the fear to step directly into mm -hmm. I love you that. know and and i've learned over time like that kind of fear always accompanies amazing growth 
So when I feel a certain kind of fear to try something, to do something, to go somewhere, to do whatever, you know, da da da, um, that's usually life's way of saying, go that way. I love that. You know, it, it's an invitation, but it's riding on the heels of what seems like something else. Amazing. But it's, but I think that the fear is that it challenges my own disbeliefs. So that's what's causing the fear is like the part of me that doesn't that might fear the challenge or 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 I mean, or not believe in, in myself enough to overcome that challenge or that's my perception at the time anyway, right. that that'll translate into that kind of fear. And that's that's the indication that's that's the go right into it, then walk right into it. That's so my career was really based on that. You know, I didn't you know, I, I couldn't read music for years because I was all self-taught. So the idea of suddenly having to learn music at a quote, a little later age than what is typical. When was that? I'm curious. Because my, my, my daughter's experiencing that right now. Like she's a hardcore musician, but she's like, yeah. I'm going to do this for school one day. I need to learn how to really read music. And she's 16. She's 16. Okay. Well, that's, she's, that's great. I did not learn how to read music until I was 25. Wow. And I and I'm writing for all of what's that? And now you're teaching at Berkeley School of Music. I'm designing classes there. Amazing. You know, I I was actually I mean, it's it's crazy. At the time I started, I was the first woman in the history of the school to teach in that department to teach film scoring there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it was. I mean, I went there. One of my mentors in the department called me after I had graduated a couple of years after I graduated and said, look, we need some fresh blood around here. Can you, would you consider teaching here? And I said, it's that fear thing, right? That I was just talking about. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I said, no, no. That was the first response. <laughs> that was the first response. Absolutely not. No. Mm -mm. And then uh, his name was Michael Rendish. He was a, he's an, a stunning composer and was my mentor throughout my schooling there. He really saw something in me and really took extra time with me. He was amazing. Um, and he said, well, look, if you if you hate it, quit. And I thought, oh, I can't argue that one. <laughs> you know, you try it. like I knew it's like, OK, it's that kind of fear. Like, OK. And then and that was 24 years ago. Wow. And you're yeah. still there. I'm still there. Yeah, I, I'm very part time. I've always been there part time, but I've now been d designing master classes. I'm a, I'm hugely passionate about education and so and especially compassion based education. Right. So it was really uh, amazing when the, the the person who was serving as a chair at the time asked me if I would design a master class on documentary scoring because I score many documentaries. And um, I said, yeah, it's like, and, and I, I want to make this into a compassion-based learning class. And, and, you know, they were all for it. So, yeah. That is gorgeous. That is gorgeous. I love yeah. that beautiful start to, to one part of your amazing career. Now, do you have any advice to young budding musicians who are looking actually to do exactly what you're doing, like to get their music into films and commercials and, and, documentaries that's a very multi-tiered question so if you're looking to score films 
first of all, the thing to understand is it's not about your music getting in films. That's not what it's about. It's a service profession. This is about your, first of all, film scoring is sonic storytelling. Mm. So the story of the film comes absolutely first, which means that you need to really develop insight into yourself. If you want to know other people's stories, other people or other, you know, situations, stories, you've got to know yourself first. Is that make sense? Beautiful. Absolutely. Because it all starts on the inside, right? Absolutely. And so, and that's also where it becomes a matter of compassion too. If you, to, to um, inspire the viewer, you, you know, you have to, the, the topic needs to touch your own heart and you write from that place. But the other part of it is as a film composer, it's our job as film composers to serve the director's, to be in service to the director's vision. Mm. It's not just, you don't just do whatever you want. It's a service profession. Yes. It's like the director has their, you know, what, what is it that they're wanting this film to convey? And it's, it has to be in collaboration with the director and completely in uh, alignment with what he or she is really seeking. Right. And then it needs to move you and inspire you, right? So that your heart is, is totally in the project. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, so it takes, you know, uh, a lot of humility and compassion, patience, perseverance, or lots of times you need to rewrite the music because the director may want something changed, which means also not taking anything personally, being open, being really passionate about what you do, but also detached, which is ironic, right? you know, because you have to completely put yourself into it and then be willing to let it go. And that took me years to crack that code. I feel yeah. like what you just shared is like a metaphor for life as a whole, right? Like all those yeah. things, don't take it personally, be detached, you know, yeah. follow your heart. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous words. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to pivot a little and talk about your book, your amazing, amazing book, The Water Tree Way. Tell us a thank little you. bit about this beautiful book. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. And it's amazing the feedback I'm getting from people now all over the world is, 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 it's just really humbling and beautiful. This book is, it's a novel. Um, the way that I kind of sum it up is it's a multi-dimensional inner outer treasure hunt fairy tale for children of all ages. Mm. Mm. Um, as one, I, I got an email from a reader actually last week who said, you know, this is just this is the book for the times we're in. It's, I never thought that it would be as appropriate or as necessary as it is right now. I mean, with everything happening in the world, I had no idea that when it, by the time I would be ready to release it, that the world would be in the place that it's in right now, because it's a direct, it's like a cloaked instruction manual for the times we're in. So that's, a, you know, just in terms of without giving it away, because <laughs> there are lots of twists. It's a it's an adventure story that features uh, the the heroine of the story is a ten year old girl. Um, at first, I was concerned, like, is that going to like for because it's really meant I wrote it to be cross generational. It's it's meant to it's it, there's something in it really truly for everyone, 
there's a lot of adult humor in there that maybe a small child's not going to get that's okay right. um but there are a lot of important messages about empowerment in this book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's really meant to be a generator of like positive proactive and fun self-esteem especially in a time like this which is what our audience is all about cool cool <laughs> That's amazing. And what inspired you to write it in this time, which is so timely, as you mentioned? Yeah, um, I've been working on this book on and off for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it just happened to be ready to be released around now. But I never aspired to write a book. I never wanted to write a book. I'm a composer. Right. You know, but these ideas wouldn't leave me alone. And I started writing them down and then it just became this, uh, it, it just, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't let me go until it was done. Mm, wow. That's so yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so, and then Jane Goodall wrote the foreword. Right. She's a huge fan of the book and uh, it was incredibly generous of her because Dr. Jane is so busy and um there's also a really great video endorsement that she volunteered to do for the book I that's on the saw, book's website. Isn't that cool? I saw that. That is so cool. I love yeah. that. How beautiful. Yeah. Dr. Jane's awesome. Dr. Jane. Yeah. Jane. But the, the thing that's happening with the book globally is also a big surprise to me. So a couple of weeks ago, I found out that the book made it into Afghanistan. My goodness. Now, this is really, really... Uh, shocking to me in regards to um especially a book about a girl with the taliban now so the taliban as many of your listeners may know has banned education for girls grades seven through and up or basically seven through 12 which is just devastating right there is a sixth grade school teacher in afghanistan who loves this book So now she wants to share it with her sixth because legally sixth grade girls still get an education they want to. So she wants to share it with her sixth grade students, which is just mind blowing the blessing of that because the book really is about empowerment. And so for these girls over there to be able to get these messages legally in school. Legally before, just before the cutoff, right? Just before the cutoff is um you know i just uh, it's it's i'm just humbled and grateful you know I, the book is not about me this is about this is a dream heart and soul project for me this is just something that that for me from the start of it has always been this is my offering for the planet you know so the fact that it's getting around the planet mm. it's so uh, fulfilling beyond it's just it's a soul fulfillment for me you know it's, so the other place that's been a surprise is that it's gotten into the Congo wow. now I, I I was not aware of this but since COVID child marriage has been on the rise globally which is I don't have I mean another devastating fact right And so, but that's why, you know, I want to say to all of the viewers, if you guys, anybody who's out there listening, if you have an idea of something that you want to do that you just think is cool and might help somebody, please just do it. Don't hesitate because we don't know the power of what we do. 
you know, the only thing that's certain is that the world will not have it if we don't share it. Mm. That's the only certainty. So I'm, I'm really asking all of your listeners out there, please share what you've got within yourselves because the world really needs it. It's really powerful to share your heart. Yeah. It's an important thing to do. Yeah. So what happened was there's this youth leader named Farida who is a former child bride. She's 22 years old right now. She's a spokesman for UNICEF. She was given a copy of the book. She escaped from her. She was married at 12, I think. Oh my God. Escaped to Uganda and is now helping to empower girls in her community to, to, to avert that fate of child marriage. So she wrote, I can actually, um, I mean, after our conversation, I can, I can show you some like articles about this stuff because there's stuff that's being written up about it now. Um, she wants to share this book with the girls in her community to help them and to, to help for their, with their empowerment. Wow. So, you know, like that. That's so beautiful. Just sharing her voice in that way. Like how, yeah. how gorgeous is that? And I always say that books are the best gifts you can give anyone. Like truly, mm. there's no greater gift than the gift of a book. You got to get this book for the, the young girl, the, the older girl, the every age girl in your life. But look yeah. at this girl. She was given this book as a gift, right? Yeah. So handed her this book and look what came to be. How right. inspiring is that? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's just mind blowing to me. And again, it's just incredibly soulfully gratifying because, because this book, Department of Redundancy Department, but it really is meant to be an offering. Mm. You know, like we all have the power to help improve this world. This book is part of that for me. Yes. Yeah. You know, that that's that's the whole sole intention of this book is to help improve things through fun and adventure and surprise and humor. Yeah, yeah. And I really yeah. hear that from you. Like in the way that you are speaking, your heart is so open. I think yeah. everyone listening can really feel that it's an offering. And I love, yeah. love the way that you, you phrase that. Now, if there's one message that people can walk away from this book with, what, what would that be? Wow, that's really, that's a great question. And that's a, I have to, Wow. The thing is, because it is written for people, for readers of all ages, they're going to be different things that people, you know, depending on what stage of life they're at, that they're going to come away with. So since um, we talk about so girls in our, like, girls. let's talk about like girls 13 and younger. Okay. Um, that the message I think honestly would be through the course of the story to demonstrate you have the power to do anything, no matter what. Yeah. That power is in you and it's meant for you to unleash it. Amazing. That's so amazing. I would say that for that age group, that's, that's one of the things. Um, I, it, I mean, it's interesting because I've, I've actually started to be asked. It's really cool. There are book groups now that are asking me to zoom in with them. They want to oh, ask, you know, God, you know, meet that. the author kind of stuff. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really fun. And um, 
so I think maybe two weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I zoomed in with two different book groups in Seattle, which all the way on the opposite coast of where I am. Right. And um, it was amazing to see the response. These are now these were fourth and fifth graders. And they all just loved the example of the main character. They, they just loved that she was spunky and funny and was just going to be her own person no matter what. Right, right. And, and that example was really inspiring for them from, from what they told me. Um, I mean, and it's interesting because I also was asked then, like here on this coast, there was a group of seniors who had a book club and they asked to meet with me. And their, um, I mean, one of the things that they expressed to me was that they just loved the the sense of adventure in the book, wow. you know, and that there are always new things to experience, mm. no matter what, no matter how old you are, there's always something new. So that's what that particular group really wanted to focus on talking about. So it 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 really it really depends. But I, I would say though, for for girls like thirteen and and under, it's it's that um, basically what I just said, it, it, and it's very important to um, allow yourself to be yourself. Mm. In this world, depending on where you're growing up, that's either an, a relatively easy thing to do or a really hard thing to do, especially with social media. I hear a lot from kids. The whole Instagram thing is just brutal, brutal. Yeah. So, you know, and oh, yeah. so um, given that culture, it can be very um, it, it just downright renegade for somebody to just be themselves, you know, because Instagram is all about posturing, right? I mean, really. You have this little, you have the, or TikTok, you have this little 30 second moment. Um, and I, I'm not trying, I don't mean to take, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to put down those, those platforms because, you know, that's, that's the staple of many people's lives in a way right now. So I'm not trying to put that down. I'm just saying that it's not accurate. And if you compare yourself to the, to the glam of Instagram, people always often end up feeling that they fall short when the images on Instagram that are presented aren't really real anyway, you guys, it's not even real. It's just, it's, you know, curated. it's a curated version of the reality that they wish to, to show. Right. Exactly. Ex exactly. Exactly. A lot of posturing. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so like what you say is so true. And I was literally going to say the same thing that you said when you said that the main mm. character is willing to be herself, no matter what, it's just who she is. Like there's no other way to be. I was going to say, that's a really tough thing to do in this. Like I have 16 year old twins. So I see I've been oh, wow. watching wow. what goes okay. on in their yeah. world and with their friends. And like, it is it is really something. There are so many opportunities to be taken down and to go into, you know, comparison and to just rob yourself of all of the joy of life because you are seeing other people do things that you think are real. And you're like, well, why is my life like this? And her, so to have a main character that is so strong in her purpose and in who she is, I think that's yeah. a perfect example. Uh, of a character that our girls can connect to and, and learn from, right? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And without, you know, being oneself without apology. Yes. Without guilt, without apology. You know, just because you are because you are. It's like breathing. Yes. Absolutely. You know? And yeah, I think that's yeah. what we all, I think it's what we all strive for, really. And every kid I've ever talked to, um, at the heart and soul of it, because I've talked to a lot of, you know, they're just a lot, I, I'm, as a teacher, well, I teach college, which is a little older, but I know from even my college students in their heart of hearts, all they want to do is be themselves, right. but they, but they often feel intimidated because they're afraid of what other people will think. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You know? We adults, you know, in their thirties and forties who still feel that, right? Right. Totally. And totally. You touched on something so beautiful. You said before, as we were starting our conversation about your book, yeah. you said something along the lines of like, you know, if you've got something on your heart that you want to do that needs to come through you, you got to mm. go out there and do it. And I couldn't agree with you more. And yeah. yet I see a lot of women in our community struggling with that. They have yeah. so many gifts, so many superpowers, so much wisdom mm. to share. But there is that fear. There's that fear, yeah. the imposter syndrome, the perfection paralysis. Yeah. Any, yeah. Yeah. any like right. words of wisdom you can share on, and I know you talk, talked about moving in the direction of your fear, and that's a beautiful one. Any other ways from a woman such as yourself who has done all these incredible things and really put her own offerings into the world, yeah. What can you share with the listener who wants to do it so badly, but is just plagued with that fear? That's a really good question. Um, wow, there's so many different ways to there's there's so many different ways to answer this, but I think the main thing is you. This is this sound. This sounds so much more. It's, it sounds much easier said than done. You won't know until you do it. Like you don't know what water feels like until you jump in. Right. You can take, you know, you can try to just, you know, you you might want to know what honey tastes like, but if you write the word honey on a piece of paper and lick it, you're never going to taste it. Mm. You have to put it in your mouth and taste it. Mm. So there are some things where it just takes courage just do the leap i you know i'm i'm sorry that it's not any more uh comforting than that but but there are some things in life that i know from my life experience okay for example i do a lot of work with kids in war zones that's another thing there was a project i did years ago called the well wishes project which was just an auto this is this would require like an, a whole hour to really even talk about so i'm just going to try to ksh. that project even though it was really simple it was done at the height of a war it brought up every fear of mine possible and yet it resulted in babies being airlifted out of baghdad at the height of the iraq war to coach in india for medical treatment where there was no medical treatment for these children in baghdad at the time so Okay, there, there's obviously a lot to unpack with all of that, but we're, I don't think there's really time in this conversation for that. But what I can tell you is what I learned from that project, and it's just kids speaking. I, I traveled all across the United States recording kids about life, love, forgiveness, anything they wanted to say to kids their age in Iraq. Magic, it did all the editing, all that kind of stuff. Magically, it made it over to Iraq. And, and it's an amazing story for another time, maybe. But the... Um, 
I, it, it, it showed me firsthand what words of kindness can do to save a person's life even. We, the power of, it's like, I think the greater, the greater pandemic right now is self-doubt. That's the real pandemic. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> that was you know? amazing. Wow. Say that again, please, Ruth. Uh, I said it spontaneously. I have to remember what the I just said. The, 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 the real pandemic is self-doubt. Now, self-doubt will prevent, especially the thing, the thing in this day and age, here's a formula. Here's like a mathematical formula. If you want to do something good for the world, that's going to equal thinking it doesn't matter and it won't do anything. So when you start having thoughts like that, just know you're on the right track and do it anyway. Mm. So don't wait for it to suddenly feel comfortable and doable and make sense because in this era, everything's upside down. So if you have a good idea, it, the more you fear doing it, the more that's an indication that it's important to do it. It shows the, the, the validity of your idea. So, you know, it's like that. So, mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? So it's really, um, it, it, things are upside down in this era. So it's not, we, if we put right side up expectations on an idea in an upside down era, it's just not going to go anywhere. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's to take to learn what incentive looks like now because it looks different. You know, and the more you do it, that changes and then you become more empowered because you see for yourself. Wow. Everything I everything I feared was wrong. Right. Right. You oh, know. Yeah. So many nuggets of wisdom there for, for the woman who who has something on her heart and needs to get it out. I yeah, I, it, it's really, really important because we are in a different time right. now. Right. And so, I mean, at least I feel that way. So the rules change. The need for good actions is greater than ever. But the rules around those actions change now. Mm -hmm. So what it looks like to be inspired, that's about the same. You get a good idea. But what, how, what to do with it, how to go about it, that is the part, not, well, what to do with it. That's the part that has changed. Because get ready for the mind to immediately discount it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So don't be surprised by that. It's kind of like you get in a car, you have a key. You either have to press start, depending on what kind of car you have, or you put the car in the ignition. But you have to do something to start the car, right? right? just sitting in the car is not going to move it. Yeah. Right? right. And it's the same thing now, like getting a good idea in this era. It's like the, the, the ignition is actually when your mind tells you, I can't do it. That's the ignition. Mm -hmm. Again, it's upside down. Nothing's the way it seems. Right. So when you hear your mind start going into all the self-talk about blah, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that is that's the universe basically telling you, yes, you're actually on the right track. Do it anyway. Yeah. Like back it up with some aligned action. Like do it. Just get do it. In, do, just do through. it and don't wait. What you can expect is for the mind to tell you it's not a good idea. You can expect that. So yeah. don't be surprised by it. Don't be fooled by it. Don't be stopped by it. Just right. do it anyway. Yes. Love it. Love yeah. it. 
Thank you. So good. So good. Oh, you're welcome. It's life experience. Trust me. Right. I mean, this is not theory, right? This is not, uh, this is not theory. This is completely experience. Truly. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. So I'm going to ask you, we have four questions I like to ask when we're okay. Ending our podcast, kind of like a rapid fire situation, but don't feel forced to quickly <laughs> put the answer. Okay. Uh, who is inspiring you now and why? Um, okay, who's inspiring me now? And I, um, okay, one is this incredible humanitarian named Ama out of India, actually, Ama. Who, who is just this embodiment of love and compassion and service work um who's inspiring me now all artists actually i mean i i um art in general that's more of a entity kind of a thing almost wow. <laughs> you know artists artists who create beauty out of ashes you mm. know mm. Beautiful. artists Beautiful. um who's inspiring me now uh <laughs> i'm looking at my plants the way plants grow those these, these aren't people per se but you know growth nature yes. food, you know oh. like plants I, yeah. I, I mean, really, it's truly inspiring. I, I, I have my little tomato plants out here I'm looking at right now who are growing away. You know, it's just watching nature grow, watching nature produce food is just so, completely inspiring to me. Love it. Answers I've Not, never received before. I love that. Who else? Uh, I, I would say, um, oh, geez. It, 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 I mean, there's so many, that's why it's kind of hard to, um, I think honestly, anyone who smiles right now inspires, you know, I, I'm just, because there's a, there's a gravity in this era that I at least, you know, have been experiencing being out in the world. And when I see someone taking the time to even smile at a stranger, I just find that completely inspiring because that's the human spirit at work. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Thank you for that. Beautiful. Yeah. What, what is your favorite song? And for you, this is like, as a musician. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, that's hard. Or, that's or hard. I have so many. Now, right? Because we always have songs we're vibing with in the moment. Like, is there something you're really listening to right now? Um, yeah. Um, well, lately, it's funny, I've actually been listening to Earth, Wind and Fire again. So <laughs> that's, um, there is, there's an instrumental uh, Brazilian rhyme. So mm -hmm. that that's not that that's an instrumental. But there's just something really joyous about it. Brazilian rhyme. Yeah, there's something really Oh, and Jacob Collier. Oh, my God. Are you familiar with him? No, Jacob Collier. He is a genius. He is a genius. Check him out. He's like 26. He's already won like four Grammys, deservedly so. I'm sure. He is an absolute genius. He's on tour again for the first time since COVID. He did a, 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 a oh, this, I was just listening to this the other day. Um, he did a version of Where is Love mm. that is so gorgeous. It's on YouTube. Jacob Collier live, where is love? And then his mother comes on stage and joins him in violin. He's playing oh, piano. How cool is that? Oh, yeah, that's he's cool. Yeah, he's really cool. And he's a, he's an absolute, I mean, like otherworldly genius. His harmonizations are just crazy. 
I mean, he's, he's, he's insane. Amazing. So you just basically answered my next question, which was like, who's your favorite band singer songwriter? So like these days, yeah, Jacob Collier absolutely is, is he's just inspired. You know, he comes up with stuff that uh, no one, literally no one has ever, I mean, he was discovered by Quincy Jones. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. At, at 18. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's almost savant like in his, his expansive vision of creativity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will check him out. I, uh, yeah. 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 And the final question, which I love the most, is if you could take a billboard out on the world for all to see, what would it say? Honestly, because I believe in my book so much, it would be a cover of my book and in inviting people to read it. Mm. Oh, I love that. You know, that's not self-promotion. That's That's promotion of all of the uh offering that the book is i love that i love that yeah so yes everybody needs to pick up a copy of this book tell us where they can find the book where they can learn more about you where they can connect with you because i'm sure they're going to want to after this beautiful interview um okay well first of all everybody i would love to hear from you and who are you and <laughs> what what would you like to share about yourself i would love to hear from you yeah so um okay the best way to well in terms of the book the name of the book again is the water tree way and you can get it on amazon that's actually the easiest way to get it there they it is in various and sundry bookstores but amazon is the easiest way to get it um it has its own website also where you can read about it see dr jane's endorsement of it or dr jane goodall i mean i call her dr jane um <laughs> and that's the watertreeway.com and to learn more about me, uh, you can go to my website, which is ruthmendelson.com, R-U-T-H-M-E-N-D-E-L-S-O-N.com. And that there's all kinds of stuff on there, uh, you know, about my film work, about my humanitarian work, about all kinds of stuff on there. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you for today. I, I'm- Thank you. You're leaving me super inspired and lit up. Um, and who knows, maybe one of my daughters is going to see you at Berkeley School of Music in a couple of years. <laughs> that would be completely cool. Would that, that would not be cool? That, that would, would be completely that cool. Would be completely cool. I, I, oh. I'm putting it out there in the universe. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. Thank you so much for your time and for your offerings. We love you already. Um, and I look forward to connecting back again soon. Thank you so much. I really loved this. Thank you. If you love what you are hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review so that we can keep the empowerment flowing. Also, be sure to follow along on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment. And I would love for you to check out my newly released book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls, across all Amazon platforms. I'm so grateful for you and I can't wait to talk to you again next week.